Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Justin Wells, analyst and reporter for InsideTexas.com. How are you doing today, Justin? Man, I'm blessed on this beautiful Sunday, Bobby. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Hey, uh, the Longhorns are doing pretty well themselves this weekend. Uh, Texas rowing team, <laughs> women's rowing team, just won the national title this morning. Uh, back-to-back champions, just like the women's uh, tennis team uh, a week or so ago uh, picked that up. Uh, but not only did the rowing team win the national championship this morning, the men's baseball team is in the Big 12 championship later today against Oklahoma. Uh, the women's softball team improbably uh, advanced to uh, the College Women's World Series uh, by defeating not only Arkansas in Fayetteville this week or yesterday, but they earlier in the week defeated Washington in Seattle. Uh, they did not even host a sub-regional, uh, yet they ended up making it all the way to the World Series. Congratulations to them. Uh, and then individually, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Stearns, uh, the women's tennis player won for the first time ever. A women's tennis player won the national singles title. Uh, she won that in straight sets yesterday. And then Richard Ciamara and Cleve Harper won the men's doubles title. It's the fifth doubles title the Longhorns have taken uh, in uh, NCAA history. Uh, you know, it, it's just been one thing after a num- another right now for the Longhorn Athletic Department, Justin. You know, it's it's a nice little run. You know, I I, I wanted to take a, a look at the Learfield standings to kind of see where Texas measured. And it looks like they're ahead of the pace they were last year. They do need to finish strong, I believe, with uh, with, with a few of a few of the other event, a few of the other sports. But man, what a what a good weekend top to bottom. You know, uh, you know, got a good buddy involved with softball and he said it's been an incredible ride, like being going in unseated. Like that's a chip on their shoulder, and, and, and Mike White is is using that in his best ability, and they're getting a lot of a good mixture from from youth and from from veterans, and so softball, what what a great story getting to the College World Series on, on top of all the other things that are going on, and baseball. I mean, this is at one point they lost to Air Force. I want to say two and a half months ago, fourteen to two at home. They were twenty six or twenty three and sixteen. Uh, barely 500 in Big 12 play, and now they're on the verge of not only it look, uh, winning the Big 12 tournament, it looks like they are going to get to host a regional after all. Yeah, and, and then we have the, uh, the uh, Colonial, uh, the guys up in uh, Fort Worth today uh, fighting it out, a bunch of uh, Longhorns atop the leaderboard, including Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, the Charles Schwab challenge, man. You've got Charles, you've got Scotty Scheffler, you've got Dylan Fratelli, you've got Jordan Spieth, and, and, and you've got Bo Hostler. I mean, this is the future of professional golf, and they are all hook'em. And so I think that's really a testament to that program. And to tell you the truth, it's gotten me more involved in golf over the last few years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and what Scheffler's done thus far on the PJ tour this year is amazing. 
Uh, it's going down. If he wins today, uh, it's going down as one of the great starts to any uh, campaign ever on the golf tour, if not the best start ever. Uh, he will have won, I think, if he won today, that'll be nine. It would be five of nine. Unbelievable. I mean, Unbelievable. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, the majority of what we want to talk about today, though, is something a little bit different. This is called On Texas Football, after all, not just On Texas Sports. Um, and the Longhorns have 18 uh, new faces coming in, freshmen, true freshmen coming in, uh, that arrived either yesterday or today to begin classes this coming week. They're going to begin workouts uh, with the team as well. Three uh, uh, additional additions by uh, way of the transfer portal as well. What I want to do with you right now, Justin, though, is kind of go down this list and tell me what your expectations are and what you think the expectations should be of these guys that are coming in uh, for the football team this week. Is, is that good with you? Yes, sir. I love that. Okay. All right. Let's just start kind of and go offense to defense. Uh, on offense, Savion Red and Brennan Thompson at the receiver spot. Do you expect either of those guys to see action this year? I believe Brennan could see spot action, especially with that four-game rule that helps you maintain uh, your redshirt status. He's just too explosive. This is a guy that I could see getting some run on special teams with kick return and punt return. Um, for Savion Red, I believe he's he's going to have a hard time, and that's a good sign for this wide receiver room. Red's probably uh, a redshirt year and, and a little bit development. Before, you know, he's just behind a lot of really good guys right now. But Brennan's got that special speed, and so my expectation is that Brennan's going to have a package of plays. He's going to see the field, you know, three or four games this season, and just to see what that explosiveness is about. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on special teams as well. Yeah, I'm interested in this because you're mentioning the redshirt year. You know, it may be if he if he contributes enough early, they just, you know, to heck with the redshirt year. Um, and they right. use him not unlike what um, Alabama did with Jalen Waddle uh, in the return game and in the, uh, you know, short passing game uh, early in his career before he really became a, a threat deep. Um, you know, Red is a guy that, that played mostly running back and so I agree with you on the, the potential for a, um, a redshirt year there because he's a guy that's going to still be learning the position in large part. Yes. Not that Brennan Thompson won't be as well at this level, uh, but Red has played a, a variety of positions in his career. Uh, I could see him being a special teamer from the start, though, and maybe even earning a special uh, a role as a gunner, uh, a guy that could be just on coverage teams, all that sort of thing. Red's Red's a good athlete and here's the thing about Red too yeah he played a lot of running back last year but he's had a lot of training at wide receiver when he does stuff off the field when he does stuff with his seven on 17 when he does stuff with his personal trainers those guys he does a lot of he does wide receiver drills and so this is a guy that's constantly working on his feet constantly working on his hands and so um, I, I'm with you I think it's a special teams kind of guy if, if he comes in and shows that effort and, and shows that, you know, you'll give everything as a freshman, get him on special teams because he's a really good athlete. He showed that on the basketball floor as well and on the track this last spring. Both of those guys, I feel like, play through contact, which uh, is for a receiver. Is, I'm not saying it's rare. It's just something that you, that you um, uh, acknowledge, and it tells you that, hey, they may be able to play special teams, right? And so not every receiver can play special teams because they don't play well through contact 
and keep their speed or athleticism. Uh, but both of those guys do. Uh, two other receivers joining, both from the, the transfer portal, Ajay Hall uh, and Tariq Milton. Uh, Hall, of course, coming to Texas uh, via uh, the portal from Alabama. Uh, and then Milton uh, committed to Texas last week, the wide receiver out of Iowa State. Those two guys, um, Justin, coming in, what do you expect from either of those? You know, that with Hall... I think he's going to come into camp in, in, in August and really show why he's a take, why he's a phenomenal athlete, why he was one of the top rated, if not the top rated uh, wide receiver, I believe, in the 2021 class. Ajay is just a special athlete. He's in another category. Of course, he has all that other stuff has to come along as well. And I think he's going to get stuck behind guys that are that may not be as athletic, but they're more experienced. They're better and, and, and they're going to be more productive. So I don't say I don't think Hall is going to be that. Um, I think Hall is a guy that you could potentially redshirt because he is still young, because he is a guy that gets that one. He still has a year, a, a year he can use from COVID. He still has those things. And so I, I don't see any rush with Hall. I think there's too many guys in front of him as well. With Milton, I think he's more of a role guy. I think they're going to find a role for him. Um, I hate to say he's insurance for another player's injury, but that's kind of the business we're in. And that's exactly what Tariq Milton can be. He can play inside. He can play out. And if something, you know, God forbid happens to one of those guys, you still have Troy O'Meara who hasn't come off of, you know, fully off his injury. You still have Jaden Alexis who isn't fully off his injury, but I believe it's, it's supposed to have a, you know, expectation to be able to be ready in August. And then, you know, you've got a guy like Jordan Whittington who, who has been injured a few times in his career at Texas. And so to me, Milton is a role guy that is insurance for those other ones. Hall is a project because I think he's raw. I mean, he's got, he, he needs, he needs softer hands. He needs to kind of learn the nuances of the position instead of just trying to run by everybody and beat everybody with, with his athleticism. And so those two guys, I mean, those are guys you like to have for, for, you know, Sark's finding roles for all these guys. And that's what it is. If you find your role on a team, that's, that, that's part of building towards something successful. I, I think when I think of Hall, I immediately think of uh, him as a backup right right off the bat to Isaiah Nayor. Big, tall guy. Now that outside. Washington left, I agree. Yeah, and the only competition really at this point with O'Meary still out because of injury or limited because of injury is Casey Kane, who yeah. is a, you know, talent maximizer, but just not a guy that can take the top off of a defense like a Jai Hall. No. Um, with Milton, you see him specifically in that slot role uh, behind Jordan, Jordan Whittington, uh, in my opinion. And that's, that's natural. I think that, that, to your point, here's a guy that's caught about 100 passes during his career. So he is insurance, uh, to, to, uh, for lack of a better term, right? Um, right. Moving on, uh, the linemen. Offensive linemen, no running backs coming in, no quarterbacks coming in with this, this new group right now of 18. Um, but there are six of the seven offensive linemen, uh, highly touted class coming in. Uh, they are Kelvin Banks, Devon Campbell, uh, Cameron Williams, Neto Umiozulu, Connor Robertson, and Malik Ogbo. Uh, let's take the top two right there, Devon Campbell and Kelvin Banks. What are your predictions for them or projections for them? 
I've been fortunate enough to catch up with a handful of those guys over the last few days, and even in some of the stuff we posted in the Humidor. Uh, Kelvin and Devon are kind of in that upper echelon, so to speak. One was a five-star. The other was, I think, they may have both been five-stars. I think Devon may have been a consensus five-star. Nevertheless, two of the best in the country. One's a great tackle. One's can be a great guard. Um, I expect both to play pretty quickly. I expect both to be on the two-depth, two-deep chart pretty quickly. Um, especially at left tackle. I, th I think they're going to give Kelvin Banks the opportunity. And, you know, to me, that's still a little scary when you put a true freshman left tackle out there. I mean, let's be honest. That, that's, that's, that's your quarterback's blind side. That, that's a guy that's got to really hold it down. Can Kelvin do that? I think he's actually capable. He's certainly smart enough. He's certainly athletic enough. You just want to make sure he's strong enough and, and, and understands, you know, kind of the, the place. When I caught up with him the other day, he told me he is right now at six foot five, 320 pounds. He also told me that his main goal and what he's been working on the last few weeks is learning the play calls to him and the, and the protection calls. He, he feels like that's something he really needs to know coming in. And he's actually moving in today as a matter of fact. And so for Banks, He's, he's prepping, he's preparing for De Devon Campbell. You got a guy that just got named to the Arlington High School Sports Hall of, uh, Hall of Honor. Um, tremendous career at Arlington Bowie. Uh, you know, multi, multi sports from, from being the number one rated offensive guard in the nation to uh, first team all district in basketball to regional qualifier and shot put in discus. He's, he's right now looking at about 6'4", 317. And so this is a guy that, that's going to come in and is the most ready, Bobby. You know, you, you want Andre Carriage and, and, and Hayden Connor and Christian Jones. You want these guys pushed. You want these guys worried about their job. That's what these guys come in and do it. Kelvin Banks and Devin Campbell are the two, in my opinion, and I'm not cutting – I'm not I'm not forgetting Cole Hudson, who I think has actually earned the respect and earned his way into that conversation now to where he can be on that too deep as well. But to me, Kelvin and Devon, they're, they're going to play early. They have to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that it's interesting. You mentioned those three other tackles, Hayden Connor, Christian Jones and Andre Karich, because it immediately puts them on notice. We'll see fairly quickly just how ready Kelvin Banks and Devon Campbell are. Of the other four, Malik Agbo, Cam Williams, Neto Umiozulu, and Connor Robertson, of those four, which ones do you think can surprise? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cam Williams, which when he does surprise, I think we're going to look back and go, it probably shouldn't have been a surprise. Uh, Cam Williams is almost six foot five and a half, almost six, six, 350 pounds. Looks outstanding. Was down at Texas Relays. Bobby, that's, that's the, that, that, that's exactly what an NFL left tackle looks like. Right tackle looks like, like that. Well, I'm going to tell you six, six, two, uh, six, six, three fifty Sounds like one person to me, Leonard Davis. I mean, I mean, now Leonard uh, Davis returned kicks. <laughs> it's, well, <laughs> it's a little different. Now, Cam's not like that. 
<laughs> but Cam and Leonard have something in common. They were both good on the basketball court and both could dunk. I actually watched both those guys play in high school on the basketball floor. Cam Williams can surprise. And when he does, we're going to come back to this. We're going to revisit it and go, why do we think this guy could surprise? Because he's, you know, he was upset that he didn't enroll early. He went back to Duncanville after the, after the, um, the opening of the practice uh, spring uh, that, that weekend with Arch Manning and all the offensive linemen, when they came in for that visit for the Texas relays, he came back mad. He said, I, he told his coaches, I should have been on campus. Now I could be pushing for a spot right now. And that's Cam Williams mentality. If he goes in there self-motivated like that, people, it's going to be a surprise. That's not so much a surprise. Malik Ogbo, I think is, is come is going to be a red shirt. I think Connor Robertson, who is actually healthy now, you know, he had, he had offseason surgery this last spring uh, after, you know, leading, uh, being the leader of that offensive line for three consecutive state championships. He was also named to the Westlake Hall of Fame, Sports Hall of Fame. I told him that was a tremendous tradition, uh, a tremendous honor. And then he tells me he's 6'4", 302. Robertson coming in at 302 is fantastic. He's going to play some center and some, some interior stuff, but he's a red shirt as well. Nato Umazulu, I think, is a guy that's going to be physically show some stuff in practice and physically kind of show you the upside and where he could go. But I think he needs a red shirt for a lot of reasons, not just physical growth, filling out that frame. I think he's probably the lightest of these guys at, at, at 285. He needs to fill out just a little bit more. Uh, he didn't play a lot last year because he was injured. And I think he's going, it's just going to be a process for him. But certainly when you line up a t an upper echelon top tier, like you've got, and then you go to, to these next guys, and then you got the guys that are competing against and Connor and Carriage and Jones, that's called development in an offensive line room. And that is exactly what great programs do. Tell you what, the thing that, that uh, Campbell, Banks, Williams, and Umiozulu, in my opinion, have is they have great, for their size, they have great lateral quickness. Of the group ahead of them, Hayden Connor, Kristen Jones, and Andre Kerich, only one of those have what I would call great lateral quickness, and that's Hayden Connor. Um, and so I think it's going to be interesting, even though they're not phys as physically developed, except for Cam Williams, who, you know, I, you know, he's just... A, and Cam can know, get stronger. Yeah, he's a 350 guy. But my point is, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much physical develop matter, development matters versus some God-given ab ability with being able to move laterally and get your body in front of some pass rushers, which is what Texas had a problem with a year ago with some of these guys. Um, moving on to the defensive line. Uh, outside of the offensive line, there's five defensive line edge guys coming in as well. Uh, I'll go through those real quick, okay? Ethan Burke out of Westlake. Jamon Tapp out of Donaldsonville, Louisiana, Chris Ross out of North Shore, uh, Zach Swanson from the state of Arizona uh, in the Phoenix area, and then Derek Brown out of uh, Texarkana. All five of those guys, either edge or defensive tackle types, uh, what are you expecting from any, any, each and any of those guys? I think most of those guys are headed for a red shirt. I think most of those guys, I think you're going to see the guys that got on campus early, are the ones that are probably going to be the ones that sneak into some rotations and, and get some late game stuff. You're Justice Finkley's, uh, you know, guys like that. Um, Ethan Burke is, 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 you know, he's an intriguing pro project, but I think he's a red shirt. I, I certainly think he's got to put muscle on. Derek Brown needs a strength conditioning program more than any recruit coming into this class. 
uh, he is certainly going to be a, 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 a red shirt type as well, because he, I mean, he may be able to bend the edge as good as anybody in this group, but he's, he's, he might be 205 pounds, Bobby, and he has to get a whole lot bigger than that. And so he's another one. I think Swanson's a guy that he's kind of an unknown. Is he going to come in and make a, you know, make an impact? That's hard. To, that's hard to tell. Um, I, I think he's a guy that's probably headed for a red shirt as well. I really like Aaron Bryant. I really like him. I've, I've heard a lot of good stuff from him. I think he's a guy that could sneak in some late game reps similar to Finkley. And then Jamon Tapp, I think, is a guy that the quicker he understands his role, the quicker he understands the defensive scheme and, and kind of how he fits, the quicker he's going to play. And I think that could be measured this year. Like, I think Tap has that sort of explosiveness and, and strength that he can kind of make things happen. He could be this year's Baron Sorrell. He could be a guy that comes in and flashes and spurts that, that, that you didn't expect. But he is so physically talented that if he gets in and learns kind of what he needs, I kind of feel like he's a guy that, that could contribute as well. I like Chris Ross. Chris Ross. I'm sorry. I like yeah. Chris Ross. But I, I think Chris is better. Chris will be better as a junior than he is a freshman. Uh, but Chris Ross is a guy that may have the upside of the most to play in the league in a few years. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Chris Ross is he's still got some – he's got to play lower. He's used to just – you know, he's, he's yeah. not well-defined yet as far as what he needs to be doing. But I, I think if they play a three-down front, I think he could be an out – he could actually be an end in that uh, because he is, so, he is so quick for his size. Uh, like a four-eye. Or natural guy like that. What did you say? I was like, say like a four eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he's, he's, he is in that, that scenario. Um, I like you, however, don't see any immediate help. I, I don't see much immediate help. Maybe Jamon Tapp physically is ready to compete. Uh, but Brown and Burke, they just have too much weight to gain. Ross is a maybe, but only in a, in a certain scenario. And Swanson, I don't see, is ready to go either. Only linebacker, only two linebackers coming in. And this was important because one of them just was added this over the weekend, basically. Travell Johnson was injured out of Arlington Martin as a senior. Uh, he's in this recruiting class expected on campus uh, this week. Uh, but also Texas just, offer, uh, just picked up Diamante Tucker Dorsey through the transfer portal out of James Madison. Uh, expectations for those two, in your opinion? Travell's another guy that's that was similar to Brennan Thompson, was similar to Connor Robertson. They had injuries that affected them during their, their, their last season. And so with, with Travell, he's been working. He spent so much time in Austin, Bobby, this spring. He, he feels like he's already a part of the team. He's really close with Maurice Blackwell, his former teammate from Arlington Martin. Travell's a guy that's going to need a red shirt year. He's going to need a, a year to figure out what exactly he's going to be able to do, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of links. So he's probably going to be an inside guy. Well, how, you know, how lateral, how much lateral quickness, how much, you know, functional mass, you know, things of that sort. But Travell's going to bring it. It's, it's kind of like Maurice Blackwell and Blackwell's a better athlete. And it took Blackwell two years to kind of figure out how he fit. And so Travell's going to take probably a while as well. Uh, with DDT, this is a guy that I don't think there's a lot of expectations from the coaching staff. I think this is a prime example of churning the bottom of your roster NFL style, uh, bringing in the best that you possibly can. And when you look in the portal and you look at two positions, they really need linebacker and safety. This guy fits in that linebacker role hybrid 
hybrid type role. Um, it, anything you get from DDT is going to be house money, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, these guys that come from FCS, he, he's he's much highly acclaimed. He's done a lot at James Madison. Um, I just don't know if he's any better than some of the other guys they have on there. I don't know if he's better than Jalen Ford in 2022. Is he better than him in 2021? Absolutely. But we're past that. David Benda, does he, does, does he do anything that's better than Benda? You don't want to stunt the development of the guys that you've already been growing and, 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 and grooming over the last few years. So you have to consider that as well. Um, maybe he comes in with the mentality he's been there. He's a leader. He really wants this year to give him a shot. I, I read one of his quotes to get a shot at the NFL. So he's going to, he's going to buy in. If they can get a Trey Watson type effect, if they can get, you know, a, a Calvin Anderson type effect. And those were, those were impactful guys for, in, you know, important team, that important team in 2018. If he can get any semblance of that, that's a win no matter what. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that, that he finds the ball a little bit better, more naturally than uh, yes. either Ford or Benda at this point. At the same time, I see him as a improvement over potentially a Devin Richardson, not necessarily over a Ford or Benda. No question. Um, no question. You know, as far as uh, Travell Johnson, I, I think it's likely a redshirt year, could play on special teams type of guy. Uh, for the Longhorns. Now, in, in the secondary, Justin, uh, Texas already added Terrence Brooks, Larry Turner Gooden, and B.J. Allen uh, in in the, in December of this past year. They, they showed up on campus in January. Now they're going to bring in Xavier Bryce uh, out of Arlington Seguin, as well as Austin Jordan uh, from Denton Ryan. What, are, what position do you think those two will start at in the secondary, and what do you think they'll they'll eventually – uh, go out at. If you haven't read it, by the way, I thought Eric Nalin's piece on Friday about the Texas secondary was really strong. Uh, if you, you've got a subscription inside Texas, I, I would suggest reading that. But what, what are your thoughts on those two? I love what Eric wrote at InsideTexas.com. Come see us. Um, the, no, I, the truth is, Jordan, they both bring, they both bring different skill sets, but they could both start at the same spot, star or the nickels position. It's kind of funny. Um, let's talk about, you know, Austin Jordan, uh, Texas X, friend of the friend of the program at Inside Texas, uh, Alex Delatore. He, he coached this kid from middle school. I remember him telling me in seventh grade, he's the one to watch. He's the one to watch. And so for the last five years, that's the guy we've been watching. Uh, Jordan's uh, just a good football player. I wouldn't say he's got a lot of speed. I wouldn't say there's a lot of quickness, physicality, but he's really smart. He's always in a good position. And I think we saw some glimpses of, of being really good at the next level in this senior year. I think we saw him kind of coming out of the shell a little bit. He had to become more, uh, you know, that team had been so strong after he had won the state championship. So there was expectations there. He kind of had to fill that in and he did it. He did it really well, actually. And I think that that's a guy nobody talks about that Texas may have stole from OU. I really like that guy. And so he's going to start out at nickel. I think ultimately he's a safety, uh, but he may find a spot in nickel in, in a Jaron Thompson type role. Um, and then the other one, who was the other one? I was Xavier Bryce from Arlington Seguin. How could I forget? But that's another I OU. I talk about an OU steal. Yeah. I mean, he was I, committed look, to the Sooners for almost the, his entire senior year. I love this kid. First of all, Xavier Bryce has one of the best personalities in this class. He is going to come into the program and people are going to like him. He's got a positive energy, great quarterback in high school. 
Xavier Bryce was a really good quarterback in high school, believe it or not. Uh, I, I was surprised that he didn't push to be a quarterback more at the next level, but he knew his future was on the defensive side or catching the football. But it's 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 it, it's a DB. He can play star at nickel. I think that's where they'll start him. They don't know if he's a corner yet or if he's the safety. I, I, that That's my opinion. I think he's a corner. I think he's got that Ryan Watts-like length. He can be wiry. He's – quicker than he looks and he's got more speed it, it, it's deceiving he, he's that athleticism shows especially on the basketball court uh Xavier's a good dude great junior film Texas brings him in last summer offers him doesn't call him back for two months so OU comes in swoops in says hey we'll take you I talked to him at the beginning of the season he's all OU all boomer sooner then Lincoln Riley takes off that staff unfurls and what happens he becomes an open guy. Texas jumped in immediately. He was interested. That recruitment didn't take long. Xavier Bryce really wanted to go to Texas, believe it or not. When they offered him last summer, he really wanted to accept that and commit. But for some reason, lost in translation, it didn't happen. At the end of the day, we get full circle. Big fan of Xavier Bryce. That's a guy you talk about could, could make an impact on special teams as a freshman because he is six foot, six foot one. He is 175, 180 pounds. He is aggressive. He plays with a dog mentality, and I if they can make him a corner, Bobby, it's going to take him a year. It's going to take him a couple of years, but if they can make him a corner, he is he is a prototypical guy you see more and more in the NFL. Here's here's a thought for you, Justin. We we mentioned all of these names. We've got two more left. One of them could end up being the actual most important recruit in the class in some ways. I mean, I'd say there's a 25% chance of that at I least for this talking. year. And that's Will about. Stone, I, I, I uh, the kicker. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Burt Auburn left spring ball as the uh, the, the apparent starter, uh, the walk-on. Yeah, uh, and Will Stone's coming in, the kicker from Regent School in Austin. He's a left footer that could just assume the starting role if he can actually win it. Um, and we all know that games can be won and lost by field goals. Can they ever? College kickers. It's a very trendy tweet every Saturday in the fall because it, it bites everybody. I tell people all the time, Mac Brown's last season at, at Texas in 2013, Anthony Farah was the MVP of that team. He had, I think, two or three game-winning kicks and just kicks throughout the season. They don't win eight games without him, Bobby. Will Stone, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were. You know, our, our, our kicking specialist at Inside Texas, Joe Cook, would agree with this. He would tell you from his kicking expertise, Will Stone. And you know what? Will is a mature kid. It takes a certain kicker to jump in early and be productive and give Cameron Dicker, the kid that just graduated credit. He did that same thing. He was able to do that. And so, yeah, I don't think Burt Auburn gave anybody any warm and fuzzies. I think Will Stone understands the job is wide open. Jeff Banks coaches this position just like the punters pretty hard there's some scrutiny there and so I'm with you he might be more important than most people are giving credit for because Will Stone better be automatic from 35 in yeah I, just, I, if they want to win the big 12 or get to a big bowl game this kid's gonna have to be automatic from 35 40 in whoever it is has to be I agree with that um Lance St. Louis the other the uh deep snapper uh from uh the Phoenix area also coming in he is the final member of that uh, the recruiting class 
Uh, 18 new faces uh, that are fr freshmen uh, from high school to college showing up on the Longhorn campus this weekend. Uh, three uh, from the transfer portal as well. Uh, a big weekend for Longhorn Athletics overall. Uh, not only is the, did the rowing team win the national championship, uh, the Texas baseball team will play uh, for the Big 12 championship later this evening. Uh, we also had uh, the College World Series for the women uh, advance to that after beating Arkansas 3-0 in game three of a, a three-game set, uh, and then two individual winners uh, in the, the tennis world as well uh, for the NCAA champion Longhorns. All right, Justin, I appreciate your time, uh, and we will see where this leads. Uh, that is a, a pretty good uh, roundup of the guys coming in on campus. I appreciate your time today, Justin. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, appreciate you, Bobby. Have a good uh, Memorial Day, my man. All right. Happy Memorial Day to you, too.